You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. So we'll be talking about Yuso Nador Imagri in the room. Uh-oh. <laughs> I have a Rob. It's 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 a me. And on the line I have Cal. Hi there. Imagri is an album by the Senegalese singer and percussionist Yusuf Nador, released in 1984 on Earthwork Records. The producer was Yuso Nador, and the genre is world Mbalk and African. I'm gonna read from the book David Hutchin. A teenage star in his native Senegal, Nador was still unknown beyond Africa when his band Super Etole de Dakar arrived in Paris, the capital of the former colonial power, to entertain homesick expatriates in 1984. Within a year of recording this mini-album inspired by what he saw in France, he was on such a steep incline that he was able to tour America for the first time. The next 12 months would see him sharing the stage and studio with Paul Simon and Peter Gabriel. It took a further two years before these debut European recordings would be officially released in English-speaking countries, by which time Nador was a world superstar, but the purity of these four songs still astonished those who thought they knew him. Considerations of international status were not a priority when Imagri was recorded, however. This is strictly an album for Senegalese uh, consumption. The traditional robes and hat of Nador wears on the sleeve were not adopted for the benefit of tourists, and the unadulterated Mbalk rhythms uh, did not come with subtitles. Fortunately, the passion and fire that the singer and his musicians presented were simple for the uninitiated to follow. This was prime soul territory. The music might have been complex, but it was clearly designed for dancing. And that voice. All right, what do we think of Yuso Nador Emigre? Oh yeah, this is a this is a butt shaker. This is amazing. <laughs> this is good it's stuff. This is good stuff. Terrific. Absolutely terrific. Did you guys watch any of this guy's uh, any of these guys' live shows? Hell yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It looked like such a good time. Yeah. Like, I totally see. Well, we you know it says he shares the studio stage with Paul Simon and Peter Gabriel, and it's like this is it. This is the great, you know, this is Graceland. This is the, yep. this is what that means. Inspiration. Sure. For those things. Yeah. This guy here, um, uh, Yusu, he's actually taking those microtonal, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, chant stuff and like, and incorporating it with the scene, which is fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. I don't know why I decided to say that right now, oh. but, uh. But now nah, we, we so we're, we're listening to uh, uh, Pitchy Me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know that it was an allegory of uh, 
a newborn bird who declines the offer of a crocodile to babysit until its mother's return. A traditional, like, Senegalese-like story that they may have made a short film about. But I, I, I think that uh, Pichimi is actually, uh, like, a, a, a Senegalese story. Did this album make you smile, Rob? It sure did. And my butt just kept on shaking the whole time. Yeah. My normally fused hips were all of a sudden unfused. Yeah. This put me in a good mood. So much sultry dancing. Only really, four songs, too. Really good mood. So good. It it gave me a, I mean, fellow cootie vibes. Absolutely. But I I do recognize that that talking drum, so good. Yeah, man. That it, it has a... Is it the Sabal? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The Mbalax? Yes. Yeah, that that is sort of evolutionary style which, you know, combined the sort of like traditional Senegal music, I guess, with Latin styles. So I thought that was, yeah, this is unlike what we've gotten before. It's a completely new flavor and it's really good. Yeah, it's really distinctive. And just like the the Abdul album, like this is just nice to kind of break up 1985 and the mega records that we're going to talk about, you know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting from this book. I, I'm definitely expecting this to, you know, to have the world music that I'm unfamiliar with, you know, brought into 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 this and be introduced into it. So, dope. It's awesome. Yeah, that fella can play a talking drum like nobody's business. Yeah, so that's, I was going to ask you guys, that's made by holding put like having your fist like in the drum right and and making the the, the it, different um I don't know tonality if, i don't think this one is that i think this one you kind of uh cradle in between your pit yeah and then you squeeze while, yeah while, while, oh okay, okay. Hit, and it's, that, a, it's that, a squeeze that yeah. uh that pulls the the head of the drum and then uh, tighter and the, uh, less tonality. okay okay yeah. yeah i saw someone i i saw them playing it but i didn't know you're right, though. He was cradling it in his his arm, almost like flexing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fantastic, though. And the playing is, mm. it feels really precise. This feels live. Like, this feels like a one one take, like, yeah. and uh, we're done. Yeah. It feels spontaneous. That's so good. I did think it was interesting. It's like that mix, the sort of West, West African mix, and, and the sort of, like, Islamic melodies is what I read that they they used, and that's the sort of melding of these different things. Man, that guitar! I'm, we're listening to it right now. I'm just getting lost. That guitar yeah. is so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's synth on this record too. Yeah, there's a. You said that. Yeah, I know that song? was kind of like divisive amongst his fans. Yeah, which song was it? I think it's all of them, man. I, I think there's a DX7 on every one of these songs. Really? Yeah. From a, a dude named Lucas Keane who wrote uh, on panafricanmusic.com, he said, A quick word about those keyboards just for the geeks. Much as African guitarists from uh, Kinshaw to Dakar favor the classic roll and jazz chorus amplifier, the keyboard of choice for Malbec's musicians remains the Yamaha DX7, the workhorse of the 80s power Pop from Whitney to Aha. The plucky marimba sound on the DX7 has arguably become folkloric in its own right and has remained an ingredient of Yusu's music. 
Yusu wrote in 1992 and the piece to mark 10 years of WOMAD Festival, it is perfectly natural to weave new elements from the vocabularies of other musics amongst the strands of our age-old cultural legacies. Indeed, the opening track on this classic album has it all, funk, rock, and the wobbly bounce of Malbec's that should leave no one in doubt that reggae, like so many dysphoric musics, arrived from Africa. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and, and dip in, because right now, while we're listening to... Pitchy me, I'm not hearing necessarily. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was pretty shocked when I read that. Um, huh. Like the DX7 just shows up when you least expect it, but I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a uh, it, it's it's tasteful DX7. That's true. It's I mean, gotta be. Yeah. It's not playing Jump by Van Halen. <laughs> you can't play Jump by Van Halen on that keyboard. You. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, you probably could if you tried a little harder. Oh my god, I hate you so much. Sometimes I, I was using a DX7 like very regularly, and I had accidentally pitched it down, and I didn't know how to unpitch it, so everyone had to tune to me. So all the songs. <laughs> I remember worked. that. Oh my god. <laughs> we sounded so awesome. Too. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I think I still have that tape from Justin Egan. Maybe I'll put that one up on Spotify. Hey, boy. <laughs> it said that this album's influence on Senegal music was arguably the reason for the temporary demise of Afro-Cuban music. Interesting. Oh, no. So they, I, I mean, it, it makes sense. You, you find it, you know, a new flavor and you want to explore that flavor. But I thought that was yeah. interesting after talking about Phil Cootie and, uh, you know, they kind of were like, oh, we're done with Afro-Cuban music. We're going to dip into this Senegal, you know, style. Why the heck not? Yeah. Um, I know that Yusu was also like cultural ambassador for uh for Senegal. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he might still be <laughs> like I didn't realize that. Yeah, he uh he wears a lot of hats. <laughs> and they they're all uh all uh hey, come come hang out in Senegal or hey all you Senegalese people all over the world, let's get in a chat room and talk. Yeah. Like he's No, he definitely I did find that really interesting that he, you know, that first song he's talking about, no matter where you're from, you know, you can always come back home to Senegal. Like, and he, he is definitely one of those people who, you know, had the popularity. He could have moved outside of his, of his space, but he has chosen to remain there intentionally Mm -hmm. to encourage people to, you know, visit and, and yeah, like promote music. The local scene. This new song. I want to go there. Our ear, you can hear the DX7 on quite prominently. Yeah, you're right. It's so tasteful, though. Yeah. That is a... Turns out if the music around it is good, then it's fine. Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting because I... 
yeah, I, I wasn't really picking up on that, but I guess I was listening more to the bass, drums, the singing. It just fills in that slight. Mm-hmm. It's like mid treble tones. Anyone yeah. know how to pronounce this song? Is it Tao? T A A W. Yeah, I would say Tao. Yeah, this uh, this has all of the uh, all of that talking drum stuff, all of those weird polyrhythms, and the the drum is like what's kind of telling everybody else like where the changes are going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know how it works, but I know it it works really well with this. This reminds me of what like Budos Band wants to be. Yeah, but I mean they want to be Afro Cuban. They want to be this. They want to yeah. They just want to be a black exploitation soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference between this and Afro Cuban, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, huge. This ha- this has a and and I'm, you know, I'm not as cultured in this world music African not music. At all. And if you are, please, uh, yeah, tell us more about this because tell the us the rules. But this to me has a lot more intricate mel- melodies within like that guitar you can you know and then it has these overlapping drums and almost the 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 bass almost has like a it, it's almost like picking up like pieces and it, hmm. through, yeah through the bass it's it's not a repetitive sort of pattern that it's yeah continues to play it sort of um interjects itself throughout the melody so it's not playing. It's not playing the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Yeah, no, I hear you. It, it's playing it's the artful like, accents. Two, yeah, three, four, for sure. Yeah, one, two, yeah. It's it's great though. It's oh, really it's intricate music, but it feels so interesting how everything like layers together. It's it's great. How many people are in this band? Nine, twelve, eleven? Oh, at least. Uh, quite a few. One, two, three, four, five, eight. Nine ten, yeah, it was like twelve. It still seems sparse, fuller than it has any right to be. It, 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 I guess, I guess, doesn't it, no. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call this sparse, but I think that like it has everyone's carrying their own weight mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it just like it, it sounds it's big economical. There, yeah, sure, economical. It's, it's jamming yeah. the cano, I guess, to a certain extent, with a whole orchestra. <laughs> behind you yeah man um yeah i I thought it was really interesting too that these melodies um you know we're talking a lot you know recently about how uh, these things have spiritual connotations and this is while this is you know very upbeat and danceable it also has sort of like spiritual elements and uh Mm -hmm. like holy undertones to it yeah like nador's uh later work uh, he has like an album called Egypt, uh, which is a lot more explicitly religious. It's more like focus on peace, toler- toleration of Islam. Um, yeah. But it, 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 it drew some uh, controversy. Um, specifically, this song also from Lucas Keene from panafricanmusic.com. Um, Tao, uh, if Yusu is synonymous with uh, something, it's Malbex, a full band transposition of seer drumming. Malbex, Malbex is built around the uh, Sabar drum played with one hand and one with the uh, Asias, 
Asia stick. That's I'm I'm fucking that up. It's fine. Uh, in Malbec's the polyrhythms traditionally played by this family of drums are shared out between the guitar, bass, and keyboard, and led by a sabar player who calls breaks consisting of extending rhythmic phrases. This is definitely demonstrated on Ta, the exhilarating third cut on Emigris. Uh, accompanied by the chatter of Sabar and Tama, the small talking drum squeezed under the arm and played with a hook stick, uh, mm-hmm. Yusu sings of the responsibilities of a tall, which is the eldest child in Senegalese family life. A, th- a third parent of sorts, uh, Yusu sings from personal experience of the special responsibility of the eldest child. The clamor of the Sabar and the Tama on tall evoke the bustle of Dakar, where other bands of the time, such as the gentlemanly orchestra Baobab, use Afro-Cuban percussion, such as congas and uh, timbales, to coax and charm, the snap and crack of Sabar on tall cry out. You can almost hear the Asia stick splinter. Nice. Yeah. So, interesting. Uh, I didn't realize that eldest uh, children had, like, very specific things... In Senegalese life, but now we're we're hearing more of the DX7 in there. Yep, you hear that? There, yeah, there, there, it, there is. it is. It's got almost like Hi, chorus everybody. coming on. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've just been so inundated with uh, with uh, synthesizers that I it completely faded on me. Yeah, I mean, that they're it, using a synthesizer. It's yeah. because there's like eleven other people playing all the other yeah, instruments. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's pulling its weight, but the that weight is light and airy. Yeah, like this stuff is this is so good. Yeah, that's really great. If you're feeling down, put this record on. Yeah. Turn it up. Be feeling better in five minutes. Yeah. This and those fellow Cootie albums, for sure. Yeah, I know Ben's on maternity leave with us here. I really hope he's like, I really hope you listen to this one. This is a. Yeah. He needs to play it for the baby. You'll have a happy baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) Babies are going to love this shit. It's true. Put the headphones on your baby and crank it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what do we think? You said no door. I think I'm going to talk about the last song on the record first, since I took the time to copy and paste it. Tell me. works. Um, so the last song is Badao. Probably mispronouncing it, but that's okay. The album concludes with an elegy. Badao is the familiar version of the name... Badara, a helper of the Prophet Muhammad, and the song is an homage to his namesake, the late musician Badara Sam. A lilting triplet feel of synth and guitar, Yusu's verses are answered by the plaintive saxophone of Ryan Dalio, whose imploring tone is sprinkled over the whole album. How do you like that? Liked it. Cool. I like it. Um, and uh, to answer. Your um, your question. I love this record. Chrysgal gave it a B plus because he's a he's a dum dum. Doesn't doesn't know nothing about nothing. But no, I this is terrific. It's just four tracks of 
positive, feel-good, butt-shaking, like, tunes. Yeah, it's a short record, too. Yeah. It gets in there, it makes you smile, you shake a little butt, you're out. Yeah, Yeah. I was was struck by that, too, because it does last, you know, 30, 34 minutes, which feels like it's short, but, I mean, it's not that much shorter than some of the albums we've been getting. It's economical. But, yeah, those four songs are more than enough. Like, he put these down in such a short period of time before jumping off on tour with Peter Gabriel and, like, uh, mm-hmm, Paul Simon, mm-hmm. like, which I guess is the reason why it hung out for four years before before it was released. I just I think can it, see that. Yeah, yeah, I think it I just... I can see them waiting until it's commercially yeah. viable, you know, stateside. Hey, Peter Gabriel nerds, here you go. Hey, Paul <laughs> Simon weirdos. <laughs> you want to complete your collection? Good collection. The analog worth of Immigrees is undoubtedly part of its charm. A decade where overproduced producing ruled and dates albums of a similar vintage, Immigrees sounds as fresh and urgent as it must have done on boomboxes in the foyers of Paris, where it inspired pride and courage amongst the Senegalese dysphoria. Immigrees is a statement of intent. Ever the innovator, many years later, Yusu would initiate Project Joku to open internet cafes across Africa and connect Senegalese communities around the world. This classic album announced Yusu to the world and shrunk distance for homesick Senegalese long before Gmail or WhatsApp. <laughs> they had to bring in Gmail. And WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, all right, I think we're all on the positive. Definitely, yes. Absolutely. Next time we'll be talking about uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA. All right, thank you.